Many times as creatives turned entrepreneurs, we enter the world of business with very limited exposure and experience to business finances. In fact, many of the entrepreneurs I consult with explain that they don't have money systems in their business at all because they feel overwhelmed by the whole idea, embarrassed that they don't know what they don't know, and really unsure about how to deal with their money once they get it in the bank. In this episode, I'm breaking down some of the basic financial elements that I suggest building into your business for more sustainability and ease. If looking at your money or knowing what to do with it is something that makes you nervous, then this episode is definitely for you. Welcome to the Hennapreneur Podcast, the exclusive podcast of its kind, dedicated to giving you an honest look at the realities of making a living as a henna professional. I'm your host, Chelsea Stevenson, a tea-loving, shoe-collecting mother of three in constant search for the most poppin' pair of earrings and the perfect shade of red lipstick. I'm also a professional henna artist and business strategist who went from barely being able to piece together a fluid design to being the owner of the most celebrated henna boutique in my city. I'm on a mission to help henna professionals to harness their skills and grow vibrant, profitable businesses that they absolutely love. If you want to make more money with your art, you are definitely in the right place. Let's get to it. Hey, hey, Hennapreneurs. Welcome to another episode of the Hennapreneur Podcast. I am excited to talk with y'all about one of my favorite things, money. <laughs> Many times as, you know, as creatives and as entrepreneurs, as artists, we are coming from a place or a history where we are unfamiliar with business finance and how to manage money inside of a business, right? And one of the things that I oftentimes will hear from my clients or my students is that they feel nervous around money, that they feel very unsure, that they feel embarrassed sometimes, ashamed, that they don't know what they're doing with their money. And these sorts of emotions, these sorts of feelings lend to a very disempowered experience that they have with their money. And then that causes them to show up differently in their business as well. So when we're coming to, you know, to this table, and having this conversation around money systems and what it is to properly allocate and properly manage the funds that exist inside of your business, I want to invite you to just be very cautious and be very aware of any internal narratives that come up for you. Because if you are currently finding yourself in a place where you feel disempowered, you feel shame, you feel embarrassment, you feel unprepared, if you feel unworthy or incapable of managing money inside of your business, then it oftentimes will manifest as avoidance. And once avoidance enters the room, especially when we're dealing with something like business finance, you really set yourself up for failure because you don't even know what's going on inside of, you know, inside of what you're building inside of the work that you're doing. And so I want to, again, just kind of highlight that for you and let you know if you have historically had those feelings, they're likely going to come up inside of this episode. That's okay. We'll work through them. And as you're moving forward, just be aware of when those sorts of things start to, you know, start to come in and start to enter the room. Because when they do, we want to make space for them. And also we want to affirm that what you don't know, you can learn. And that's the nature of learning, isn't it? You can't learn something that you knew already. And so it, it requires us being uncomfortable and it requires us taking a step outside of what we know to be norm right now, right? With that said, let's take a second to look at some financial systems, right? Because that's, that's what I want to, that's what I really want to, I want to help you with today. 
Again, many of the, you know, many of my students, many of my consulting clients, they tell me that they don't have financial systems or strategies inside of their business when they first come to work with me. Sometimes they will have something set up, like they may or may not have a separate bank account. Perhaps it's a personal account. It's not a business account. Uh, perhaps they're still commingling their business money and their personal money. And they're like, I don't even have that set up. Like, what do I do? Oftentimes what I'll hear is, so I've set up a separate account and now, you know, now that exists, but I don't know what to do with the money that's there. And so it feels kind of redundant. And so I'm not using that business account. Instead, I'm just transferring the money straight over into my personal account, or I've kind of, you know, gotten away from that. And I just let people pay me in cash. And I just deposit it into my personal account, like it very quickly becomes as soon as the money hits my business bank account, I don't know what to do with it. So I'm just going to move it to my personal account, because the money's there. And it's mine. And like, I'll do what I need at the time. And occasionally, occasionally I'll have someone who will come to work with me and they'll be like, well, you know, at least I track expenses. And so like I, you know, I put the money for those expenses in the business account, but what's left over after the expenses, oftentimes they also don't know what to do with. And I want to just, uh, you know, I share this with you because I want to normalize that experience. If you find yourself in that place where you're like, okay, the money comes in, and I don't know what to do with it. Or the money comes in, and I don't know where to put it. Or if I put it over there in that separate account, like then it feels daunting or it feels like I'm, I'm not sure that's okay all of those feelings of uncertainty are normal and also they're very very common and that's why I wanted to make our this episode today um to kind of like unpack some of that right because let's be honest financial literacy is oftentimes brushed aside in schools and especially <laughs> especially so in the case of women and girls right historically it has not been prioritized for women and girls to to be educated about financial literacy I mean it wasn't until literally just a handful of, of years back that women here in the states were able to even open a bank account without their husband's signature and approval it should not come as a surprise that many of us lack financial literacy and that's okay many of us are limited to whatever experiences and teachings we have around money. And those experiences and teachings oftentimes are tied to our childhoods, right? Also, if we could just make space in the room here to acknowledge that money is one of those areas around which we oftentimes carry a lot of baggage and a lot of trauma, often unknowingly so. Sometimes it's a known experience. For example, if you're someone who is raised with a lot of scarcity and a lot of lack, perhaps if you are someone who's very, you know, experienced in, in being raised in poverty, or on the flip side, you might be someone who was raised with a lot of financial abundance and thus never learned what it is to self-restrict or to have boundary around money, or perhaps the, the money was there and also it was one of those things like we don't touch that because because what happens if and so even with abundance being present in the room scarcity mindset still might have been something that was taught over the dinner table and so oftentimes these traumas are unknown or un unacknowledged but it's not until we actually get in there and start to dig around in those stories and experiences that we can identify trends and behaviors that we still act out today with our bank accounts that are informed by things we learned when we were you know very very small Today, I want to step away actually from the psychology of money. I just wanted to point that out because it gives some context. But today, I'd really like to focus on the practical, okay? Business finances and personal finances are not the same. So I just want to start right there. So if you're coming from a background where you've received a paycheck, your ideas around how to handle business finances are likely very skewed as there is a very vast shift in context between W-2 or paycheck pay stub employment and business finance or self-employment. These are two very different worlds and there is not much 
overlap in my opinion and in my experience there's not much overlap there that actually leads to someone being a good steward of their money in their business if they're coming at it from that paycheck to paycheck w2 style if you will employment mentality okay where for example where you might be keen to account for all of your revenue as money in the bank ready to be dispersed ready to be used that isn't actually so in a business context, right? There are a number of key allocations that business owners can't ignore as it relates to their revenue. So when you bring revenue into your business, there are four things that you should be looking at, um, or that I would suggest that you look at based on the way that I manage my own finances and my own business and what I teach my students as well. Those four things are profit, your owner's pay, your taxes and your operating expenses. Okay, not all revenue, let me let me pause and just share. Not all revenue is actually even broken out into these categories because there are certain costs of doing business that we'll actually need to account for before making these, these disbursements, right? Because all of the money that comes into your business isn't real and true revenue. So first we need to look at, okay, what does it cost for you to actually do the business? What are, what are the material costs that exist there? And once we've removed that, then we can look at real revenue right? And then that real revenue is then broken out into these different four buckets. Now, after these allocations are made, there are a number of additional secondary disbursements and allocations that we'd also complete. But today, we're just going to keep this pretty high level. So I'm not going to get into that. Okay. One of the things that I like to highlight is that profitability and sustainability, they go hand in hand. They must go hand in hand. You need your business to be profitable, meaning that you're bringing in enough revenue that you are able to pay yourself, cover your expenses, cover your taxes, put away for savings, and like do the things that are, you know, that are necessary for your business to be able to grow. And you can only grow at a sustainable rate if that profit margin exists, right? What I choose to use in my inside of my own business is what's called the profit first method. Looking at those four buckets, there are very specific allocations that one would make. And this actually would, would apply to probably all of my listeners. This applies to any businesses that are making, per this system's recommendation, this applies to any business that is making under $250,000 per year annual revenue, right? So if that's you, this applies. Our breakdown for your allocations would be that 5% of your revenue would go towards profit. 50% goes as owner's pay, which feels really exciting and also very disappointing and sometimes kind of terrifying depending on where you're at in your business. <laughs> and that's okay. Also, taxes, we're setting aside for about 15% of our real revenue we would place towards taxes and 30% would be placed towards operating expenses. And of course, inside of your business, you can make adjustments as needed. So some people are going to have a little bit different rates of expenses versus how much they choose to pay themselves versus how much they need to set aside for taxes. Obviously, each of us has different, you know, regional requirements as it relates to the tax component, um, depending on the nature of your head of business. If you're someone who's mobile versus someone who has a brick and mortar versus someone who's, you know, doing the things, whatever. 
your operating expenses might might differ. And so you might be well within the 30% when it comes to your operating expenses, or you actually may need to allocate more of your revenue towards operating expenses. I would actually suggest if you as a head artist, right? I mean, I've been doing this for a very long time. I've tried a lot of different business models, a lot of different delivery methods for my clients. And in my opinion, there's no reason why a henna artist specifically would need to exceed 30% of their revenue unless they also had a team. And if you're working with a team, even still at that point, for me, I'm looking at like a 35% revenue cap for uh, operating expenses. So this is, you know, something for you to keep in mind. Now, the beauty of this is as you have these, you know, these these numbers are our baseline and you would make adjustments as you see fit inside of your business. And obviously this is something that I help my students with um, when it comes up and if I see that there's a need for some sort of adjustment. But when you have these sorts of outlines for yourself or, or you know, guidelines for yourself and how you're going to uh, disperse your money throughout your business, it makes it very easy for you to see what needs to happen next, right? So for example, if you know, okay, I want to make in my business, I want to make $3,000 a month. I want to make $5,000 a month. I want to make $8,000 a month. Now you have the question, am I wanting to pay myself $3,000, $5,000, $8,000? What is my salary? What am I wanting to pay myself? Because if that number, <laughs> if that number was the number that you came up with, well, then you're going to have to multiply that times two. And that needs to be your revenue goal, right? And so oftentimes, when I'm speaking with entrepreneurs, and they're sharing with me about their goals, they're not accounting for everything else that goes inside of their business. And so you know, we get really excited that Oh, my gosh, I've made this revenue. But is your revenue actually aligned with the goal that you have in your mind? Or is your goal missing a piece? And we talked a little bit about this last week on our past episode. You know, for me, as someone who's coming in with this experience and with this insight, I always like to look at the business and say, okay, well, you know, what's the goal for you personally? What do you need at home <laughs> to be good and to be whole and to feel complete and to feel, you know, well maintained and cared for and safe and secure financially? And whatever that number is, then after that, we can add a little cushion to it because we always want to make some space for growth. And then we're going to double that. And that is your now your new uh, revenue goal for your business, right? And so you can see how you can see very easily how, you know, using these percentages allows for you to set better, more financially informed and holistic goals. And when you run your numbers each week or each month, depending on how frequently you sit down and, and review your finances within your business, you can then assess when or if your business is underperforming. In my own business, I um, do a money review every week. Every Monday, I call it Money Mondays or my CEO day. Monday mornings are when I sit down and I look at the business's finances for the week prior, in addition to some other things that I review on you know, every Monday. And while I'm sitting down and I'm looking at those numbers, I look to see, okay, first of all, where did the money come in from? What generated this revenue? great. This is something for me to be mindful of because do I like doing that work or do I not like doing that work? I, you know, I can make adjustments and I can shift uh, things around inside of my marketing, for example. And also now that I've got this money and I'm making the allocations into these separate buckets, if you will, this profit and this owner's pay and this taxes and this operating expenses. Now I can see where, what, you know, where does this play into my cash flow? If, for example, I know that typically, you know, my clients like to book around the third week of the month, they oftentimes, you know, don't book towards the beginning of the month, but like towards the middle, the third week of the month, then that's where I see an increase in sales generally, then what does that tell me? 
It means also that as I'm planning my expenses for my business, as I'm planning the investments for my business, like I need to be aware, when does money most frequently come in? So that I will have the appropriate allocations ready to use inside of the appropriate buckets or accounts for my business as well, right? And so even just kind of touching very high level on what cash flow looks like, because you need to be aware of cash flow in your business, having that context, having those reviews, those weekly reviews, I suggest weekly, I love weekly, but if you want to do monthly, then that's fine, that's on you. But having those regular check-ins with your money gives you more data and it gives you more context uh, with which you can then make decisions around your business's finances moving forward, right? And if, for example, you notice that, hey, you know, I'm, I'm finding that, you know, earlier on in the month, my business is kind of underperforming. And, you know, when it comes time for me to pay myself, ooh, I'm also seeing that I've got, you know, the bills at home tend to lean towards earlier in the month due dates, for example. Let's say your water, your electric, your whatever, obviously your mortgage or your rent is coming out on the first of the month. You know, those earlier weeks in the month may be heavier for you inside of your personal finances. So if you can identify that, hey, I've got a cash flow issue where I'm not able to take my owner's draft, I'm not able to pay myself or the amount that I'm paying myself through my owner's draft in those first and earlier weeks of the month, it's not really meeting what my needs are. Ooh, I can see that my business is underperforming in, you know, in this context. How can I change my marketing practices that are going to, you know, in a way that's going to increase my revenue during that time? Can you see how it makes it makes it so much easier for you to, to kind of take the emotion out of it. It take, it removes the emotion. It removes the shame. It removes the feeling of like, I don't know. I can't do. I'm not sure. All of those like uncertainties and that very, again, like disempowered perspective kind of has to, it kind of has to move to the side. It kind of has to leave the room when you can approach your money factually, when you can approach your money from a place of knowing, okay, this is what's going on. And this is what I can do now to fix it. Or this is where I've, I've noticed a problem. Here is now where I can start to strategize to find a solution. Or this is where something's going really, really well. And I want to do more of that. So what am I doing in that space so that I can make those changes elsewhere in my business also? Or so that I can go a little bit deeper and lean in to what's working. You know, inside of Hennepreneur Pro, I teach my tried and true method for building like a very profit-driven and sustainable service suite so that you can arrange your bookings in a way that really feeds these, these accounts that really feeds your bank account while also feeling expansive and easeful and well aligned for you in your life. And so that's a, a you know another piece that kind of goes into these financial systems, right? We want to have money systems not only with how we handle the money when it arrives, but we also want to have plans for ourselves and how we're going to strategize to bring that money in. And of course, while we didn't talk much, we touched on it a little bit, we didn't talk much about personal finance. Um, of course, you also will want to have your systems in place inside of the, you know, the personal realm so that when you're making those owners payouts, you're also feeling very supported and feeling very, you know, very met with abundance and very supported by your business and the, the revenue that it's generating. For me, I'm hopeful that all of what I'm sharing with you in this episode is landing. I'm hopeful that you're able to take away, you know, a couple gems, a couple nuggets here that will help you to feel more empowered around your money or that can help to shine some light perhaps on holes in your current financial systems, your current money systems inside of your business. Because it's my goal and it's one of the values of Hennapreneur. I mean, money matters. And for us as Hedna artists, as entrepreneurs, as um, as human beings, right, who are trying to make an impact on the world, who are trying to leave uh, greater, deeper 
legacies, right, with our families, our communities, and so forth, financial power matters, <laughs> right? It matters. And so we can make more impact when we are more empowered with our finances. We can make more impact when we have more resources available to us. For better or for worse, we live in a capitalist society. So I'm hopeful that you are able to, you know, to take away some, some learnings, some teachings, some things that you can very easily implement in your business today to help you feel more empowered with your money so that you can make the right next best steps for yourself um, as you are, you know, continuing along on your journey. I do have a question for you and I'd love it if you would answer um, over in the Hennepreneur community on Facebook. I'd love to know, do you currently have a financial system at play in your business? And if so, excellent, love that. I'd also love to know, What's been the most helpful for you as you arrange your business's financial systems? If you didn't have anything today, perhaps the answer is this podcast. I don't know. But I'd love to know what's been the most helpful for you as you've organized your business's finances up until now. All right. With that said, I'll let y'all go and I'll talk to you later. Bye for now. I've got a serious question for you, Hennepreneur. Are you ready to stop playing small with your art and to take your business to the next level already? Are you tired of feeling like you're doing it all to grow your business, but you just aren't seeing the results and the success that you're looking for? Perhaps you've got clients here and there, but you know inside that your potential expands far beyond what your business is generating today. You may know that you're a solid artist, but you can't seem to crack the code on the business side of things. And you may find yourself wondering, what gives? If any of this sounds like you, listen up because I've got some really great news for you. I've got a free on-demand masterclass called Five Figure Foundations, where I'll teach you my framework for how to build a profitable henna business. During the masterclass, you'll learn things like how to position your henna business for success, even if you don't have any background in practical business management. You're gonna learn the critical steps you need to take in order to get your budding business started off right or to correct the broken one that's burning you out. You're gonna learn why you need systems, not feelings, to make more money and to expand your business. We're gonna get real clear, real fast about how you're likely getting in your own way right now and how you can remove the frustrations that are holding you back. I'm also gonna share my tried and true framework for establishing a profitable, sustainable business. And I'm gonna tell you all about how my students are continuing to grow their businesses and celebrating some pretty big wins in the process, even through those everyday challenges that you might expect, like juggling work and home life, and even those massive challenges that you might have never seen coming, like navigating a pandemic while being a business owner. At the end of the masterclass, you'll no longer be in the dark. You'll know exactly what to do and what to avoid to build a solid foundation for your own profitable henna business as well. To register for the masterclass and to watch it instantly on demand, visit hennapreneur.com foundations.